Welcome back to the second hour of the Tobler Show. And you may say, Randy, Max, why are you playing the theme from Rocky? <laughs> well, it's because that brings about images of, it's just images of strength and fortitude and persistence and the little guy can can overcome, right? Every, every obstacle. It's, a, it's an uplifting, inspirational, and during this COVID time, I think an aspirational message, which is, hey, it's really good to be in shape and, you know, do a great lifestyle because should you get COVID vaccinated or not, mm-hmm. it's better to be in great shape. Okay, you don't have to look like Rocky, but it's better to be in great shape than not. And it's really true. Although and, I'm and not there's going all... to drink those eggs. I'm sorry. No. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I know. Can't drink the eggs. <laughs> Other than that, is, yes. When I pulled that sound and sent it to you, I, I I thought, you know, just looking at him makes me want to get on. Just look at him doing the one-handed push-ups. I, man, I'm going to work out today extra strong, and I'm going to really push through some pain. And my arm's still aching a little bit from the booster, but I didn't have a bad reaction to it, uh, which some have had. Um, I don't know. It's just, But there's another reason that I wanted to play that for you, ladies and gentlemen who are listening to News Talk STL on 1019-941, maybe their Alexa skill, their app, or NewstalkSTL.com. And that's because going to fly now, getting strong now. I think that we're beginning to see a pushback against tyranny. Now, there's a difference between a pushback that is not warranted. Like people that say that Ivermectin is all you need to do and vaccines are worthless because there's transmitters in them. No, that's, I I don't recognize that as like, that's not a Rocky theme to me. On the other hand, Rand Paul incinerated, (laughs) I mean, that's the best way I can describe it, incinerated Secretary Javier Becerra HHS, Health and Human Services Secretary, which is over the Center for Medicaid and Medicare Services, which are one of my favorite groups of people. Not. Uh, they regulate us. And they're the reason that you are being pulled from your doctor. I, I tell you that. It is true. There's, I just, it, it's true. Um, and and in the other day in a hearing, and here is what Rand Paul said about the terrible absolute, utter, abject failure in communication and the recognition of science by the government of our United States and the public health officials to just discard any validity of natural immunity in this whole discussion when it comes to vaccine mandates. Uh, The whole thing. Take a listen to Rand Paul. we got a few of these cuts. Mr. Becerra, are you familiar with an Israeli study that had uh, 2.5 million patients and found that the vaccinated group was actually seven times more likely to get infected with COVID than the people that had gotten COVID naturally? Senator, I'd have to get back to you on that one. I'm not familiar with that study. Well, you think you might want to be if you're going to travel the country insulting the uh, millions of Americans, including NBA star Jonathan Isaac, who have had COVID, recovered, look at a study with 2.5 million people and say, well, you know what? It looks like my immunity is as good as a vaccine or not. And in a free country, maybe I ought to be able to make that decision. Instead, you've chosen to travel the country calling people like Jonathan Isaac and others, myself included, flat earthers. We find that very insulting, goes against the science. Are you a doctor or a medical doctor? I've worked uh, over 30 years on health policy. You're not a medical doctor. Do you have a science degree? 
And yet you travel the country calling people flat earthers who have had COVID, looked at studies of millions of people, and made their own personal decision that their immunity they naturally acquired is sufficient. But you presume somehow to tell over 100 million Americans who survived COVID that we have no right to determine our own medical care. You alone are on high and you've made these decisions, a lawyer with no scientific background, no medical degree. This is an arrogance coupled with an authoritarianism that is unseemly and un-American. You, sir, are the one ignoring the science. The vast preponderance of scientific studies, dozens and dozens show robust, long-lasting immunity after COVID infection. Well, there you go. The arrogance, Secretary Becerra. The vast preponderance of studies show the validity of natural immunity. Now, might there be some people who had a very mild infection and don't have exactly the same level of immunity as the vaccine? Okay, let's concede that. But in a highly polarized environment like this with people dug in and entrenched in one side or the other, how ridiculously just deaf and dumb these people are and 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 to to not recognize that there's some there's some credibility to the natural immunity argument it's hard won immunity and and Rand Paul we'll play it later he goes on to say he's not anti-vax in fact he's pro-vax I'm pro-vax ask people who have had COVID and have earned natural immunity Max you know one oh uh, I do yes <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> we ought to talk about that and that person is me yeah. I mean, it's funny. You had coincident with getting your first dose. You yes. were already on the road to getting it. That's and right. it was miserable. You were telling me about it off air. It's just, what, four, three, four weeks of misery. Right? Uh, it was definitely not fun. I don't recommend getting COVID-19, but uh, I am fully vaccinated now and I've got those antibodies. Yeah. So I say yeah. bring it on. I feel like Superman. Yeah. But I think had you, Max, as a as a movie critic and someone who has to go to live theater and, and, and movies mm-hmm. playing in theaters with people in them, can you imagine the, the conundrum you'd be in if if you were not vaccinated, having had the disease and being mandated to get, to get the vaccine? And maybe you had some concerns about it, right? Like well, a lot of people do. I don't yeah. think those concerns are warranted, but there is a small risk. And there's no doubt you can't deny there's a small risk to every vaccine. That's not Rand Paul's point. His point is, the data is clear that there is benefit to natural immunity. And why are you pushing vaccines for everyone, whether they've had the disease or not, Secretary Becerra, without a medical degree and blah, 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 blah. It's about power. The theme of our show today is about tyranny and how absolute power never, ever gets you where you really want to be. It may get you there in the short term. You can force people and 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 strong arm them to lay down and unroll their search sleeve and get a vaccine. What happens when you need them to to follow you in other directions? What, what you liberals out there who want uh, Joe Biden, AOC, Tashida Tlaib, Rashida Tlaib, uh, Cory Bush, you want me to you want me to cut down my use of carbon? You want me and for sometimes good reason. You want me to uh, 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 recycle everything. You want me to do all kind of responsible things. Why the heck am I going to do that when you forced me to the table and roll up my sleeves? The hell with you. You see, in the long term, tyranny never wins. It never wins. It only wins in the short term. Here is, he referenced NBA Orlando Magic, Orlando Magic I think he's a forward, Johnny Isaac, 
very intelligent man who in another part of the clip, I don't think it's on what I have, um, his mom's a nurse. And man, this kid impressed me. I mean, whoa, I thought, wow. Listen to the way they, this young man answered questions about when he, it's almost like it was a, the media was like he was coming out in the old days of when you had to suppress your gayness, you know. He's, he's an anti-vax, oh my God. Take a listen. I've had COVID um, in the past. And so our, our understanding of antibodies, of natural immunity has uh, uh, changed a, a great deal from the onset of the pandemic and is still evolving. Um, I understand that the vaccine would uh, um, help if, if, if you catch COVID and uh, you'll be able to have less symptoms um, from contracting it. But with me having COVID in the past and to having antibodies um, with my current um, age group and uh, uh, fitness, physical fitness level, um, it's not necessarily a fear of mine. Uh, taking the vaccine, um, like I said, it would decrease my chances of uh, uh, having a severe reaction, but it does open me up to the, albeit rare chance, but the possibility of having an adverse reaction to the vaccine itself. Um, I don't believe that being unvaccinated means infected or being vaccinated means um, uninfected. You can still catch COVID um, with or without having the vaccine. There's an NBA basketball star who pretty much wrapped up the whole risk-benefit analysis that Joe Biden, Javier Becerra, Kamala Harris, Lord Fauci think that you're incapable of, ladies and gentlemen. They just think you're incapable of it. They're okay with you deciding whether you want to ride on a motorcycle, which is one of the most, you know, riding down the street at 70 miles an hour on a, exposed on a bicycle? Huh, hello. Uh, are they're okay with Helene and I diving? We hope to dive in a couple of weeks. Uh, you know, down in down in Cancun or Cosmo, wherever we can get. Um, yeah, because we like to do it. Terribly dangerous. <laughs> my insurer, my life insurance guy doesn't like that. <laughs> but why is it that they now? In, in those instances, it's a little different to be intellectually honest because you're only going to hurt yourself if you do that. There is a public health aspect and a value to having immunity as a wall against viral replication, which begets viral mutation, which begets ever more resistant variants that may be more transmission transmissible, more contagious, and more virulent. Okay, that's that's a reality. That's a very strong argument for getting vaccine vaccinated if you're not. And I maintain that argument. Be a part of the wall. Be a part of the defense. It's not just about you. That said, when it, when push comes to shove with a disease, especially in someone of his stature, physical fitness, <laughs> already having had COVID. I am loath to tell Johnny Isaac, after what I just heard, submit, roll up your sleeve. I think Here that, comes uh, the needle. I think that he makes a lot of really great points. Obviously, his mother, being in the medical field, has yeah. consulted with him, I'm sure. He seems like a, a, a very, uh, you know, a, a reflective young man. And yes, uh, yes. Th that's sort of the vibe that I've gotten from him. Uh, for years, and I can certainly see why having had it and being in tip-top physical shape, obviously he's in much better shape than you and I, Dr. Tobler, uh, being a professional athlete. Hey, speak athlete. for myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but I guess my only question for him is I don't think we know yet how long your natural immunity lasts, how, how long those antibodies last. We were already talking about boosters for the vaccine as far as the immunocompromised. I imagine that it's not a lifelong 
uh, uh, you know, antibody situation. And perhaps it's a year, perhaps it's, it's nine months. At a certain point, he might want to look at getting vaccinated. But certainly, I think that it, he laid out for the media, here's why I don't think I need to personally. And I think he did a great job. Let me also say, uh, growing up in Florida, uh, the Orlando Magic is my NBA team. I love the mm-hmm. NBA, and I followed Jonathan Isaac for years, and I, I think he's a, a fantastic young man, and it's great to see the Orlando Magic making some headlines other than just losing every game for Pinsick. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I would tell, if I boy, I wish I could sit down and talk with him when, it's not if, but it's when a Delta-specific variant uh, uh, a vaccine comes out. The first thing I tell him is, you know, I don't give a... Rats, you know what about the NBA? Frankly, I don't. I don't watch basketball. Yeah. I don't know much about it. I, I never understood a sport where if you touch a guy with your finger in the wrong place, you get a foul at one time. On the other hand, you can almost tackle someone on another hand, and there's no foul. I don't understand. I just don't get the rules there, and so I've never understood it. But that's okay. But I would tell him, you know what? I probably am going to become a fan of you and your team. I will probably start watching this because you had the courage to come out and make a a statement. It was well-reasoned. And now, would you consider getting a vaccine because you're a year down the road and the Delta-specific vaccine is around? Would you consider, and I'll bet, I would put a bet on the Orlando Magic to win a game (laughs) (laughs) that that he he might do it because he's a reasonable fellow. Yes. You can tell he's a reasonable fellow. I totally agree, and I hope that they are working on the Delta-specific vaccine. I'm sure they that are. they are, uh, they because are. it's it's very much like the flu shot that changes all the time. I was yeah. just reading that we have worldwide pretty much eradicated the novel coronavirus. Had it not been for the Delta variant, we'd pretty much be yeah. ahead of the eight ball here. Yeah. And I think that's important for people to weigh when they're thinking about getting vaccinated. Right. As you said, no man is an island. And if we don't right. want these things to keep mutating, maybe get vaccinated. You're right. And 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 being the balls and strikes guy I am, I was I was complimentary of Alexandria Ocasio Cortez when the vaccines were offered to Congress women and men. I guess it would only be Congress people now to be woke. But we are the anti-woke show. We are putting you to sleep and putting woke to sleep. No, we're keeping you awake and putting woke <laughs> to sleep all day long. I was one of the, I was probably the only conservative voice that I heard that said, bravo, AOC. Because what AOC said was, hey, I don't want a dose. I'm a young, healthy woman. I want to save those. Because remember, they were scarce at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I want to save those for people who need them. Bravo for her. I call balls and strikes. And you know what? To a, To an extent... When Joe Biden says it's it's coarsely communicated and the public health officials have just been tone deaf in the way they communicate, so that makes them tone mute too. They to say this is a this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated, it's not a pandemic of the vaccinated. It is a it is not a strong as defense against the virus as we could have if we're all if we stay un immune, non-immune, vaccinated or not. That's a better way to put it. It's like, hey, join the team. Become a part of the American team against Corona. Consider a vaccination. Here's why. And if you're really young and healthy, we know you're not doing it for you. But all you socially minded youth on the college campuses, take that take that mission, take that that mantra, that that life statement of yours and apply it. And, you know, you do so much for everyone. This is something you can do for. I think if it had been messaged that way, people would have listened. That would have been so much more effective than trying to shame people. Yeah. Uh, which is really what the president's been doing. Well, so Rand Paul properly shamed Becerra a little bit more. Go with it. Except for the dozens and dozens of studies, in fact, 
most, if not all, of the studies show robust immunity from getting the disease naturally. The CDC says if you've had measles and have immunity, you don't have to be vaccinated. The same was true of smallpox. You're selectively doing this because you want us to submit to your will. You have no scientific background, no scientific degrees, and yet you aren't really concerned about 100 million Americans who had the disease. You just want to tell us, do as you're told. That's what you're telling us. You want to mandate this on all of us. You're going to tell us if I have a hundred employees, you're going to put me out of business with a $700,000 fine if I don't obey what you think is a science. Don't you understand that it's presumptuous for you to be in charge of all the science? Have you ever heard of a second opinion? I can't go to my doctor and ask my doctor's opinion. I mean, this is, is, is incredibly arrogant combined with this authoritarian nature that you think, well, we'll just tell all of America to do what I say and they better or we'll find them or put them in jail or not let them go to school or not let them travel. <coughs> The science is against you on this. The science is clear. Naturally acquired immunity is as good as a vaccine. The Israel study actually showing it better. This isn't an argument against the vaccine, but it's an argument for letting people make a decision who already have immunity. There you go. And and I have to tell you, ophthalmologists are internists first, and then they do ophthalmology. They it is it is incredibly difficult to become an ophthalmologist because it is they are the they are the creamiest of the crop and the smartest in the bunch, and they're brilliant people. Rand's brilliant. I don't always agree with his absolutist libertarianism in every case, but when it comes to the science and the and the public policy associated with it, at this time in this political season with this virus. This vaccine, he's and and this tyrannical Washington D.C. power center that we now have, he's spot on. One more clip from him, and we'll step aside for a break. You are completely ignoring the science on natural immunity. So is Fauci. So is the whole group. You're just ignoring it because you want submission. You want everybody just to submit to your will, do as you're told, despite the evidence, the large body of scientific evidence that says naturally acquired immunity does work is an important part of how we're all going to recover from this. So is the vaccine. But when you add them together, we're at a much different place than if you ignore them. A hundred million Americans by conservative CDC estimates have had the disease. 200 million or more now have been vaccinated. It's a good thing. Combined together, it's how the disease is. Nobody wants to get the disease. We're not advising anybody to get the disease. But if you're unlucky enough to get it, think of the nurses and doctors and orderlies who all bravely took care of COVID patients. There was no vaccine for a year and a half. They took care of people, risked their lives. They got it, survived. And now people like you are arrogant enough to say, you can no longer work in the hospital because you've already had the disease. We're going to force you to take a vaccine that the science does not prove is better than naturally acquired. That's an arrogance that should be chastened. So tyranny, arrogance, and it's ever increasing crushing impact on our lives. That's the theme we're weaving on the Tobler Show this morning. If you have any thoughts about it, we have an open line for next segment. And then we're going to talk with Todd Bedsman about what's going on down at the border and mix it up a little bit. 314, <clears throat> excuse me, 314-912-1019, 912-1019. And a reminder that you can just navigate to the NewstalkSTL.com website there, go under, under shows. You'll see our show page and you can get the podcast that uh, Max puts up faithfully after each show. If you want to uh, tell someone, hey, I heard something great, let's listen to it. Or you can hear the Encore broadcast on Sundays from 9 to 12. Uh, and, uh, hey, however you listen to us, we're glad you're here. Welcome home. We'll be back.
that theme is uh, a love letter from Max and me to you. Yes. If Don't leave us now. Stay with the show, Whatever please. you do. There's so much show to go. <laughs> and we have three gigantic guests coming up. We do. We do. Todd Benzman's going to join us from the border here right, in just a little bit, right? That's right. Yeah, next segment, as a matter of fact. Yep, next segment. And then uh, next hour, we're going to be talking with Kerry Sheffield and... Uh, uh, Paul Siegert. At, pardon? And Paul Siegert, yes. Yeah, yeah, Paul Siegert. And I, I know Paul is a, a human... Uh, re- I call him a human resources guy, but he's really a benefits guy that can talk about the politics and the public policy matters because Paul is... Uh, he's written recently about and chronicled the, the various... Uh, impact that this is having on workers across all industries. Of course, I'm concerned about healthcare workers and, you know, heroes last year, goats this year from the government perspective, right? Oh, you idiot healthcare worker. How come you're not getting it? I think it's a mistake for healthcare workers not to get vaccinated, frankly. I mean, I'm unabashed about that. Given the healthcare workforce shortage and given that healthcare workers are not going to give their colleagues <laughs> the disease that are vaccinated or their patients because they're wearing N95s when they're working with patients, <laughs> uh, the, the risk from healthcare worker to colleague or patient is minuscule. And it's better to have some minuscule risk of an unvaccinated healthcare worker clearly than it is to not have any healthcare worker at all when you show up after a after a crash up uh, at the intersection or hunting seasons on us guys you know you fall out of a, a deer stand and you need care and well i'm sorry we're out of healthcare workers because you know, a third of my people didn't get vaxxed we had to fire them joe, good old joe said that uh, healthcare there are healthcare workers who won't get vaccinated and they're refusing to be tested so they lose their jobs okay you know what if that comes down the pike from a healthcare Organization Like I know BJC has done it. Mercy. I don't know if they allow an accommodation for vaccination. We don't know how the rules from CMS are going to come down. Uh, you know, whether they're going to allow an accommodation for vaccination. There's always that sort of medical exemption, uh, the, the medical and the religious exemption. I suspect I, I read one report that the religious exemptions are skyrocketing. People claiming that, oh, I've got a spiritual problem with that. You know, the problem is they get themselves in a little bit of a pickle if they say it's because of the fetal tissue thing. I, folks, the majority of medicines that you take <laughs> or will take or will need, whether it's over the counter or otherwise, were developed and or tested and or manufactured on immortal fetal cell lines, uh, aborted fetal cell lines from like 40 years ago. I, that's just the reality of medical research. I, I'm sorry. That's the way it is. I think even the Catholic Church, didn't the Pope come out and say it's okay? Yes. Get yes, the vaccine? Yes. I think so. Mm-hmm. I mean, not not that the Pope is everyone's, you know, spiritual but leader. For but a I mean, lot of people. So. For a lot of people, he yeah. is, right? That's an interesting topic. We need to talk about that. We need to probably talk about what's happened to, to, to church attendance. It is it is just plummeted. And you're wondering if a lot of people who were... Um, who were attending church a lot and then went went away for COVID have not come back out of convenience or fear. I don't know. 
Now, how many people are going to admit that? Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> call me if you're not going to church because you never really <laughs> wanted to, but COVID's a good excuse. 314-912-1019. That's I mean, 912-1019. These uh, days with not only televangelists, of course, who've, you know, I mean, they've rose to prominence in the 80s and they've never really gone away, but also they've they, you, you have Zoom services. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah, there's really, right. if you want to attend church, you can attend church. Probably, yeah, that's right. Probably easier right. now than ever before. I think there's a, a myriad of reasons why people have, have right. backed away. I mean, I think it's pretty easy to see why Catholics might have lost some of yeah. their faith over the last couple of years. Yeah. But yes, yeah. it's, a, it's a huge topic to talk about. Yeah. You know, I once had a pastor tell us, it was a very prescient, it was a wise old pastor who said, you know, you don't go to church necessarily for you. You go there for the person sitting. <laughs> it's not, for, this sounds like a Johnny, uh, Johnny Cochran, it's not for you, it's for the person in the pew. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of like going to uh, uh, an, an AA meeting. I mean, so, you know, you're there for the people around you. It's yes, basically you to are. show that kind of yeah. support. Yes. And to show care, because that's a place when people congregate, they ask for prayers for others. They, and you can do that on Zoom, too. But there is something to the human presence. You know, we're currently at the hospital. I think all people that are trying to figure out how to staff their businesses uh, I mean, Max, you were talking about how, you know, in your gig, you got to show up because someone's got to push the buttons and slide right. the sliders and, you know, do all that. It's true. But so much can be done. But for instance, in the billing and coding department in our hospital and in other jobs that can be done, they can be done completely remotely. Okay. My current policy is we're going to hire as best we can for people who are willing to do at a minimum a hybrid to where they're, they're on site. I haven't defined it. We, we don't know yet. What's best? I did the psychologists are going to have to figure this one out once or twice a week. What does it take to maintain culture? Because culture's hard over Zoom. It really is. I mean, there's something about the the interpersonal reaction, being there in person with someone, shaking someone's hand to the extent that they don't accuse you of sexual harassment, putting your hand on their shoulder if they've lost a loved one, and especially in COVID. Can you believe how crazy we've gotten in this world? I mean, you can't even you can't even show compassion. And someone tells you that, you know, someone's in the hot, you know, my my mom's on a ventilator in the hospital. You can't even you have to think twice. Oh, my gosh. Can I put my hand on their shoulder and console them? I better not. I don't know. I'll be I'll be marched down to the HR principal's office. You know, what have we come to in this country? The PC is just crazy. I, I don't know, but we'll talk with Todd about that. And I'd, I'd like your stories of what is coming down at your workplace in terms of COVID. I mean, are they, are they, ma- if you work at a restaurant, okay, you've had to wear a mask. Do you, are they also going to make you get vaccinated? Especially if you're over, if you're under a hundred employees. Of course, I forget, Max, if you're under a hundred employees, the virus doesn't attack those businesses. That's right. I, uh, I, I the forget. virus has a ledger. And uh, if your business doesn't qualify, it just skips right. over. It's very strange, but. That's right. It's a religious holiday called virus Passover. It just passes <laughs> over the, the, uh, every day is virus Passover. If you are employed at a place with under a hundred people, it's, it's a little crazy. So, Hey, uh, can we, what time? 730. Let me play. I want to play one clip here um if you can if you can pull up something that is absolutely crazy before todd benzman um well actually we'll play it coming into that let's do that we'll we'll play let's take a break because i want to spend time with todd and see what's going on he's got some great reporting going on todd benzman coming up from the border um isn't that like isn't there taco aren't there taco chips called from the border or cross or is that taco taco bell uh, run for Something. the border was Taco Bell. Run for the border. Yeah. Well, we'll see if Todd's running 
for the border or away from the border when we come back on News Talk STL. That's 1019-941. And of course, uh, on your Alexa skill, NewstalkSTL.com. I love the app. It's awesome. And, uh, you know, you can just get us anyway. There's no way that you cannot be listening to us 24-7. Hope you stay around. Let me pronounce to my friends that the border is both sovereign and secure. It is obviously subjected to biased and unfair narratives for political purposes. Well, there's Sheila Jackson Lee, who um, is uh, probably enrolled in some study for Alzheimer's medicines, because uh, the she says the <laughs> she says the border is sovereign and secure, and to uh, give us the truth unfettered with bias and narrative, as she would like to allege, is our uh, go-to guy and author of America's Covert Border War, now in its second edition, Todd Benzman, all over the news, including with Tucker the other night. Great segment, Todd. Thanks for spending a little time with us this morning. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Hey, you have been cranking out some breaking news that I think just I haven't been I haven't heard elsewhere. And it's just one after another story about the the unreported realities of what's going on down there. Uh, Give us an update uh, uh, around the Del Rio area, uh, some of the coming storm over the horizon. Uh, I'm particularly interested in a piece the other day about uh, about the Mexico U.S. rift over all this. Tell us a little bit about first of all, set the stage. Where are we now presently today? at the border is the Haitian crisis at least for the for the while settled because that's the narrative the left is trying to push well at the actual border uh, camp where they uh, under the bridge where the settlement I guess the shanty town formed that's gone there is their their bulldozers have come in and scraped away pretty much all trace of it but the broader crisis, in which lots and lots of more Haitians are still crossing and uh, will be crossing soon, uh, still very much there. You just can't see it as easily from a bridge. So uh, what's going on now is that, you know, that that camp only had 15,000 people in it. I say only, that sounds like a lot. It looked like a lot. It actually was kind of a lot but it really is dwarfed by the total numbers of about 50,000 every single week coming in over that border. 15,000 is like, you know, breakfast hour in Texas, man. That's like, you know, everybody was all verklempt about 15,000. Well, uh, now we've got, you know, reports of anywhere from 40 to 65,000 coming through the Darien Gap on the way clashing and fighting with different governments as they push their way through to Mexico, which is now going to be under tremendous pressure to contain them, but they probably won't have a whole lot of luck. Uh, Haitians are coming from Brazil and Chile, mostly, where they've been living for years. They don't qualify for asylum on that grounds. They'll claim asylum and probably get it anyway, just because it's the Biden administration. And they'll leave out the fact that they were safely and prosperously domiciled for years already in Chile and Brazil. They just get an upgrade if they can get to the open border here. So why not, you know, go for the upgrade? Now, the Mexicans will be under a lot of pressure to bottle them up down there. But the Mexicans are untrustworthy. And that's what I've been reporting 
for the last week or two, which is that the reason why this camp happened is because the Mexicans had a deal with the Biden administration where they split, they were supposed to keep these Haitians bottled up and slow rolling them forward down there in southern uh, Mexico, Tapachula area, which is right on the border with Guatemala, making them apply for papers uh, of different kinds, you know, asylum and that sort of thing, and not giving them the papers. And so, you know, they got mad and formed caravans and tried to force their way through, and the Mexican military beat them up and shut them down in early to, uh, September. So that was the backdrop of probably about 30,000 of them down there. Mm. And then for the El Grito annual celebration holiday of independence for Mexico, they decided to just let them all go at once. And they all went straight to Del Rio. That's how that happened in violation of their deal with the Biden administration. So they're untrustworthy. They uh, took the glove and slapped Biden in the face a couple times with that. And the question now is whether or not the administration is going to recalibrate its uh, soft approach to Mexico. Mexico is absolutely key to stopping this next batch coming through, thousands, tens of thousands coming through. If they don't hold these guys, they'll all be at the border again and maybe another migrant camp. Well, Todd, uh, you you wrote, and by the way, we're talking with Todd Benzman, who's a uh, national uh, security policy uh, fellow with um, with Center for Immigration Studies, uh, SCIS.org, and uh, all over the news uh, wires recently, including The Blaze and Tucker and everyone else. Um, you talk about some quid pro quo. Well, not really. It's, it's I mean, some aid money and vaccines that the Biden administration had given Mexico in order to stem the tide, right? I mean, it wasn't just like we were depending on, on Mexico's uh, benevolence here. I mean, there was there was something to be gained for them, but yet they're not really right. delivering on, on what they should, right? I mean, that, that's a major problem. Yeah, I can see some major issues. That's because the Biden people are taking a soft pay them off approach, whereas which doesn't work. Uh, because all, all you have to do in that kind of a deal, if you're the Mexicans, is breach your de- your your deal and get more money, right? Ask for more wow. money. And next time, if I got a little extra, maybe I wouldn't do this. But under the Trump administration, it was we're going to put te- trade tariffs on every export that comes out of your country if you don't do what we want, and it's going to reach up to twenty eight percent. Uh, which would destroy the Mexican economy. I mean, just destroy it. And they did not mess with Donald Trump on that. And he didn't offer them anything else. He just said, don't do this, and we are going to destroy you economically. I mean, you have you, you have evidence, Todd, that the stay in Mexico policy under Trump was working. It wasn't just rhetoric from the administration under Trump. I mean, it was working, right? It worked brilliantly. Uh, I went down there to Mexico several times, and interviewed people who had been subject to TPP, uh, wait in Mexico, and they told me, I'm leaving, I'm going home. I didn't come here and spend all this money to live in Mexico. I came to live illegally in the United States. Huh. Uh, and they're not wow. they're not letting me in. So, so when I don't get my asylum, 
in the United, if you don't get your asylum, which none of them are eligible for, so all of them are turned down pretty much, but it doesn't matter. You won because you're in the United States illegally working. Nobody bargained for uh, losing your asylum claim, but then being in Mexico. So we uh, we were all astounded to hear the incompetent <laughs> secretary of DHS, Mayorkas, on Chris Wallace's show last Sunday say, I don't know how many are, are in the country, uh, 12,000, 15,000. What do you think, Chris? You know, <laughs> I mean, it was it was shocking to hear him say that, although that's not not really. But it was still shocking. What is the word? Are we sending people back to Haiti? Are we sending them to the interior of the U.S.? Are we sending, I think one of your recent reports said that there are, we are sending some back to, to, to Mexico. What is the bite? What is the allocation of Haitians, which we have control over? We know that many of them that just get, they get uh, caught and released and that's it. But what about those that they do have control over that we see going onto the buses, the planes, where are those planes and buses and trains going? The vast majority of Haitians and really the vast majority of uh, Central Americans are family units. The reason is because the Biden administration said we're letting all family units in. Just you all get in with your kids and everything. So that's why those are the ones who are coming. And most of those are just being released within uh, 72 hours of being of turning themselves in. That's why they turn themselves in. Border Patrol has been turned into a processing uh, force, like kind of Walmart greeters. And they are being put on buses by the tens of thousands, by the hundreds of thousands, actually. Uh, 600,000 have just been let into the country, uh, rewarded for illegally entering. Uh, And they go to all four corners of the United States and the interior and the coast and everywhere. They're going to every every city. Uh, Haitians like Florida and New Jersey, but... Central Americans are coming in, too, in uh, droves, and they all are just being put into the country. And uh, furthermore, there's no deep. Yeah. When did the last bus you saw go to uh, Martha's Vineyard or, uh, you know, Nancy Pelosi's subdivision? Have you seen any head in those directions? I I haven't. Yeah, Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. But they they are. They probably aren't far, though. Yeah. You know. So. It's crazy. Hey, uh, one other thing, I, uh, there was a big kerfuffle, of course, over the the allegations of the. It was it was uh, Joe Biden's uh, Barack Obama mo- moment. They acted stupidly, talking about the border, uh, the mounted uh, patrol border agents uh, that were just managing their horses and trying to keep um, the, the Haitians from getting trampled in some cases w- with their reins. And there was no whipping, no strapping, as he said, going on. And they were put at desk jobs uh, along with their horses. We found out, and it's very difficult for a horse to push the button on the copier machine. But along with that. Um, we're hearing now that they're they're mandating the vaccinations for the border people and they'll have to maybe be fired when we already have a dearth of them. We don't have near enough to handle the onslaught, the hordes coming across. Is it true? Have you talked to the border agents and how do they feel about them, the vax mandate? I've had a couple of them call me and ask if I can help them get jobs with other police departments. They expect oh, to be uh, fired. They uh, don't want to take the medicine. They don't want to be forced to take the medicine. They're furious, uh, utterly furious. I, I haven't seen Border Patrol agent. Usually they're just depressed over having to do Walmart greeter duty when they're trained to interdict and arrest and stop and halt and block. 
and they're already they were depressed over that. Now they're just out. They're they're in a white hot rage. I mean, people wow. are these guys are mad. Wow. Uh, so yeah, I mean, they are really mad, especially over the whole horse thing too. Yeah, uh, they yeah. feel like they've been abandoned. Nobody's backing them. They deserve the benefit of the doubt here, not the yeah. Haitians. You bet. Uh, and also yeah. remember. You know, the guy who took the photo is a primary witness and a primary source. He took the damn photos. Yeah, yeah, said, I know. And he said there was nothing there. Yeah. Hey, we got to run, Todd, but I can't thank you enough for your bird's eye boots on the ground reporting on this. And it, we are just blessed to have you with us. Todd Benzman. And don't forget America's Covert Border War, his awesome book, ladies and gentlemen, just out. And stay in touch with Todd at the Center for Immigration Studies, CIS.org, and uh, at uh, Benzman Todd on Twitter. Todd, thanks a lot. Stay safe, my friend. Thank you. We'll be back, folks. Stay tuned. 